ahead. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. We're continuing in this study of angels. We just started last week. It's kind of a hot topic because people talk about uh, interest in this. We, we read them all about them in the Bible. I mean, it's just everywhere. And then also in our own society, there's talks about books and shows and articles. I talked last week about, uh, about the book that said how to get in touch with your own personal angel and that kind of thing. Uh, there are, as we put it, started off there, over 260, basically 265 references to angels in the Bible. So they're real. They're there all the time. In our world today, there is the supernatural. And we said last week that people, a lot of people are beginning to turn more spiritually. But when we say spiritually, it doesn't mean toward Christianity. It just means toward a lot of different things. Uh, the supernatural, the occults, the cults, all that kind of thing. I wanted to read this. Jeremiah Smith sent me this. I think it's from his sister-in-law or sister. This is, this is in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is just recent. Okay. There, is, there was a thing called First Free Saturdays Plant Teachers. And it talked about to join them at, their, at the sculpture gardens to celebrate Free First Saturday. At Free First Saturday, the Brooklyn-based artist, her name, well, is Tamar Utun, but she goes by she or they. She goes by she or they, so she's a they. And she's going to present Lilith. The emphatic demon. She's going to bring a demon to this meeting. The performance is inspired by Lilith, a spirit demon which origins in Sumeria, Acadia, and also Judaic mythology. Families are invited to, cre to create a vessel to trap the demon that knows them best, perhaps the demon of overthinking. And then particularly in a playful ceremony to summon and befriend their own demon. This is what's going on in our world, y'all. You want to mess around with demons? You want to mess around with anything like that at all? No, the answer is no, you don't. You don't want to have anything to do with that sort of thing. And so, I mean, there are just people talk about it all the time. Dungeons and Dragons, Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm readers, all of those things, they're all demonic. They all have a different kind of, they're all the spiritual worldview, but it's not the, the, it's not the good one. So you just be really careful when we start thinking about these sort of things. There's a lot dealing with the spiritual world. We said last, last week that there, there are spirit beings in this room. We just can't see them. And there's probably really good angels here, and there may be some bad angels here. Bad angels would like nothing better than to stop us from doing all the stuff we're doing. That's what, you know, so when you think about it that way, we began last time seeing an introduction that these are spirit beings that are created by God. They're both good and bad. They both serve God and are in his opposition to God. So as we look tonight, we're going to talk about the appearance of angels, the power of angels, the place of angels, the destiny of angels. You don't have to write down everything. Some of that's there, uh, but, but, but I'm about to get to the part about Hezekiah. Well, so we're just going to be looking at a lot, and there's a lot of information, and as I said, if you got a question or a comment, just stop me. We'll talk about it. We, we're, we should have plenty of time to do what we want to do. Okay, so let's start with this. During the time of Isaiah, and when you start looking at the Bible, you go back and you go, okay, Isaiah lived about 600 years, a little bit more than 600, 700 years before Jesus was born. There was a king called Hezekiah, and he was a faithful man who served God and trusted God. And then the Assyrian Empire came, and the Assyrian Empire captured the northern empire of, of, of the Jewish people. That, you know, after Solomon died, it became a northern empire called Judah, excuse me, called Israel, and the southern empire called Judah. And the northern empire was evil. They never had a believing king. Southern empire had some believing kings. One of them was Hezekiah. 
And so God allowed the Assyrians to capture the northern empire, 722 B.C., and take them off into captivity. When the leaders of the Assyrians captured the northern capital, they said, we're going to go get the southern one. The southern was at Jerusalem, and the king there was Hezekiah. And so they came to the walls of Jerusalem with this giant army of the Assyrians. I mean, everywhere. And they brought somebody. They came out on the wall to talk to them. And the general for the Assyrians said, uh, tell everybody that you can give up right now, and we won't kill all of you. But if you don't give up right now, we'll kill every one of you. We'll destroy the walls. We'll destroy everything. And nothing can stop us. No God can stop us. And one of the guys on the wall said, would you... Uh, don't, don't talk in Hebrew because I don't want all, we don't want all our people to get scared and hear what you say. He said, I'll talk any way I want to. And so they went and sent word to Hezekiah that these Assyrians were going to just kill everybody, destroy the city. And so Hezekiah went and sent word to Isaiah the prophet and said, pray to God, do something. What can we do? And Isaiah prayed, and the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, and he said... They will not shoot one arrow into the city. They will not do one thing. They will leave. The next morning, when the Assyrians woke up, the Bible says that an angel through the night killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers at night. And guess what they did? They got up and they left and that's what happened so God protected them so you think of that the power of one angel killed 185,000 soldiers when you think of angels sometimes you think of something within we sometimes call cherubs little bitty things that are cherubim but cherubs aren't little cute little things and so what we have to realize is that angels are spirit beings that were created by God they're powerful beings and this evening we're going to continue to go in fact we remember there are the two big groups you know, two big groups, good angels and bad angels. And so you can follow on your deal as you go down there. And let me just remind you, we, we talked about the appearance of angels and organizations and their spirit beings and good and bad. And, and we looked at the nature and all that kind of thing. And so we're going to look tonight, as you'll see, we'll start big number one. There is the existence of angels. And we're going to talk about the nature of angels and all of those kind of things and how they look and what they do. And I think there's some, some great things. When we, when we see pictures and we see all kind of things, Angels are like beautiful things. Uh, in fact, most angels that I've seen drawn are sp look like women with wings and things like that. But uh, in the Bible, uh, the, the pronouns used with angels are always masculine. Always masculine. That doesn't mean angels are men because angels aren't, aren't human beings, so they're not men or women. But it just so happens that, they're, they're, that the pronouns that are used with angels or, uh, or masculine pronouns. Let's talk about seeing some angels. We're going to look at the appearance, the power, the place, and the destiny. We'll see it. You don't have to write all that down. But here, let's talk about the appearance of angels, okay? And, and, uh, and the, that's number one, the appearance of angels. And wh when do they come? So here's the first thing I want you to look at, Genesis 19. Look at Genesis 19. Look at verse 1. Now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate. Y'all remember, there were two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. They were really evil. God sent angels down to find out how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was. Now, he knows everything, but he's doing this to show what the cities were like. And so he actually sent two angels. Now, what did these angels look like? Anybody idea? 
They look like people. They look like men. So notice it says, Two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot, Lot was sitting there. Lot's Abraham's nephew. Lot had been with Abraham, and then they kind of divided, and Lot went over to the well-watered plains of the Jordan, and he went to these two cities, and these two cities are so evil. The Bible actually tells us that Lot was a righteous man, and he was bothered all the time by the evil in the cities. Now, we already know. Y'all know what the city was evil for. What, what, what comes from the city Sodom? Sodomy. Okay, so there was a lot of bad stuff going on there. And so God was going to judge those people. And so he sends the two angels, but what do they look like? They look like people. Look what it says. Now, two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, bowed down his face, and he said, Behold, my lords, turn inside to my house and come spend the night with me. And they said, No, no, we'll stay in the thing. And they said, No, no, you can't stay in the thing. You know, stay out here because he already knew what would happen if they stayed out there. And though, so they went to be with Lot's house, but then the people got around the city. And it, well, watch what it says in verse 5. And they called to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? What do these angels look like? They look like people. So sometimes angels make appearances, and they look like people. One time Abraham was sitting down in front of his tent, and you could see a long way off, a long way off. And he looked down, and we looked up, and there were three people right there. One of them was Jesus, was the pre-incarnate Christ, was God. And the other two were angels, probably these two angels right here that ultimately leave Abraham and go to Lot. So sometimes they're, they're angels. Satan took the form of what in the garden? What do you look like? A serpent. Look like some kind of animal. Um, we know that a- angels or bad angels can possess people. Uh, we know that man that had a legion, that was like thousand angels and uh, demons inside of him. Uh, they're very powerful. If you look at Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, let me just read this to you. You don't have to turn there. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Listen to how this angel is described. He said, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I, Isaiah, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and then seraphim stood above him. Seraphim are angels. Listen to this. Each had six wings, two covered his face, two covered his feet, two covered, uh, he flew, he flew, and they were saying, holy, holy, holy. And, and then he talks about, I mean, so these angels, they're flying around, they got six wings. And, you know, most people, you think of an angel, they got little, two little wings, uh, but not. Ezekiel, uh, he saw these creatures. These creatures, I have to read this to you because I remember the first time I ever read Ezekiel. I thought, well, I'm going to try to read one of these Old Testament type books. And, and Ezekiel is amazing because it starts off, Ezekiel sees God coming in a, big, in a big way. Ezekiel 1, listen to this, what he sees. He says, I saw these creatures. He said, this is Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 5. And he says, within there was these four living beings. and their appearance, they had a human form. But they had four faces and four wings, and their legs were straight, and their feet were like calves' hooves, and they gleamed. And under their wings were human hands. What? Under their wings were human hands, and on the faces and of the wings that were for them, and the wings touched one another. And they, I mean, do you ever seen anything like this? I mean, if you even had drawings, I've tried to find drawings, and people can't figure out even how to draw what these things look like. Okay? Then Daniel. Daniel saw these beings, and they, they were like lightning. They were so bright, and they were shining, and they were gleaming. So, I mean, you, just put, you can put anything you down by that. Just that angel looked like something shining like lightning. And then look at this. In Matthew 28, verse 3, what, what happened when the women saw the angels? They were what? They were clothed, and they were white as snow. 
I mean, you know, and people always talk about, you know, everybody's going to wear white and things like that. Well, we, there's times where it talks about wearing white robes and these angels are gleaming. It's powerful. It has that idea of purity, has that idea of holiness and beauty. So when you think about angels, I mean, they're there. Some have wings, some have eyes, some have all different forms. Uh, I remember one description of one of the other angel. They had eyes everywhere, all over their wings, all in the inside, the outside, eyes. And so when you look at that, we would probably really be frightened, be, be scared. And we're going to talk about it, that when people get with angels there, they are scary because they're such powerful beings. Can you imagine in this room right now, there are spirit beings that we cannot see because they're spirits. And they're good ones. And they're bad ones. And sometimes they make appearances. When we saw the book of Revelation around the throne, there were these four creatures and all those other angels and all these other things. And so it's really, really powerful. They, they can look like people. The, some of the bad angels can possess people. Uh, they can look beautiful. They can look scary. There's no telling. Okay, let's talk about the power of angels. We've already seen it. One angel killed what? 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. That one angel moved the... The, the stone that was in the tomb of Jesus. You remember the women were walking out there that morning? And they got there and they said, as they were walking, they said, oh, I don't know, we got to, who's going to help us roll away that big stone? Well, angel came and moved it away. And it was so powerful. What happened to the Roman guards that were there? They fainted. They fainted. It's powerful. They moved the stone. Think about this. The angel of death killed the firstborn in Egypt. Have you thought about that? God says, at midnight, angel is coming through and every place that doesn't have the blood on the door, that the firstborn will die from the firstborn of the king all the way down to the firstborn of a servant to everything. And so one angel went through Egypt that night and killed every firstborn that didn't have the blood on the door. Think about the power there. And as I'm... Whoops, what happened? <coughs> Good. I'm glad I didn't mess it up. Okay. When angels appear, people are always afraid. When Mary, when the angel, who came to see Mary? What's his name? Gabriel. Gabriel. When Gabriel came to see Mary, what did she say? She was shocked at, at, his, at his coming. What about Zacharias? When Zacharias, the priest, John the Baptist's father, went in to burn the incense, there was Gabriel standing by the right hand of the, the altar. What did he do? He was afraid. When Daniel saw the angel who came to him, Daniel fainted. When the shepherds saw the angels, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and they were sore afraid, very afraid, very afraid. The Roman guards, when they saw the angels come to the tomb, they all fainted. So they're powerful beings. And I, you know, I, 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 I can tell you this story. I, I spoke at, it used to be the BSU. It's now it's Baptist Collegiate Ministry. I started the BSU years ago. I mean, this probably... 25 years ago and they asked me to speak but before I spoke they had this band in there playing and one of the songs all these kids were playing is we're going to go stomp all over the devil and I thought to myself no you're not and what the best thing to do is stay away from the devil because he's a powerful being people talk about binding Satan and going after demons and all that let me tell you you do not want to be around demonic beings. You do not want to be around those beings. You do not want to go after them. You do not want to do anything with them. You do not want to open yourself up to anything dealing with demonic activity. And that's why there's stuff everywhere out there. And so you've got to stay away from it if you, you know, you, you can. The third one, how about the place of angels? 
okay? The place of angels. Where do they live? Where do angels live? Well, let me just say, the best we can find is their original place was in the heavenlies. Now, you understand this, that there are three heavens. Have you ever thought about that? Paul says in Corinthians that he was caught up into the third heaven. So if there's a third heaven, there's got to be a what? Second heaven and a first heaven. The best thing we can understand is the first heaven is like our atmosphere. The second heaven is beyond that, and most people believe that that's where some angels exist. Maybe the bad angels and good angels. And then there's the third heavens where God exists. Where in the book of Revelation, where John was taken up and he saw the throne of God and these beings and everything. That's the third heaven. Now the best that we can tell is that when Satan fell, because he was the anointed cherub, we'll talk more about that. Uh, and we'll really get a lot of details on that when we get to the lesson dealing with Satan, the lessons dealing with Satan. But he got removed from his position. But we know from the, from the Bible that... That Satan can go into the presence of God and accuse us, even right now. And Job 38, I don't think I, I don't know if I put, uh, no I didn't. Job 38, just write that down if you want to. Job 38 is where God is telling Job, where, what about the, when the angels sang at the creation? So they're, they've been with God, they were there. Uh, some believe that, uh, that some of the angels are around the throne. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 6. Let me read this to you for a second. Isaiah 6, 1 through 6. I just quoted some of it a while ago. But what does this sound like when I read this? It said, uh, They were all around saying one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the foundations trembled. That's okay, yeah. You want us to read that for you, hand that out, yeah. <laughs> Can you turn it on? Yeah. Well, okay, he's, he's, he's out of the class. Is that right? No, I'm just kidding. Right. Okay, so when we, when we read this about being around the throne, what does it make you think of? Revelation chapter four, five, 4 and 5, when he got, he's taken up and he sees all these beings around the throne of God. And Luke one nineteen. what did Gabriel tell uh, Zacharias when Zacharias said, how do I know these things are going to happen? What did he say? I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. So angels can be with God. Have you thought about that? How amazing that is. They're at the throne, and Gabriel is, is basically up there. And in and, uh, and, and Galatians 1, Paul says, if an angel out of heaven comes and gives you a different message. So angels, are they're everywhere. They're in the heavenly places. Uh, they're in the good places, the bad places. They're all that kind of places. I, I think of... I think of the, when, you, when you realize that there is God's, at best we can tell, if you look at the book of Revelation, there is a throne in heaven. There is a temple in heaven. There is an ark of the covenant in heaven. We've already seen that in the book of Revelation. In fact, let me just show you this real quickly. It won't take but a second. But you remember the tabernacle? And the tabernacle out front had an altar, and then it had a place of incense, and then there was a candlestick, and then there was the table of showbread, and then there was the Ark of the Covenant in the back room. This that the Jewish people built was a copy of the one in heaven. And we've already seen in the book of Revelation, we've seen this altar, we've seen this ark, we've seen the throne of God. I mean, it's just amazing when you realize that what Moses saw to build for the nation of Israel called the tabernacle and later the temple was actually patterned after something that he saw in heaven. 
God gave the dimensions and what it looked like to Moses. John actually went up and saw it. I'll be honest with you. I think Paul, when it says he got caught up into the third heavens and he saw things that he's not able to tell us, I think he saw the same thing. I think God says John's going to tell about it, not Paul. And so when we think about what's up there and these beings that are around there, and you remember when we studied uh, in Revelation chapters 4 and 5, suddenly there wasn't just 24 elders and four angels. There were, what, millions of angels, millions. Uh, It's just hard to even comprehend that. Well, let's talk about the evil angels. Where are they? Well, uh, Ephesians 6.12 says they're in the heavenly places. And that means probably the second heavens and maybe even up where God is. Because right now, Satan has access to God. We know that in the book of Job where Satan actually went up and was with God. Uh, Then there are some angels that are in the abyss. Remember Revelation 9, which we just studied a couple of weeks ago, where that hole came open, an angel came down, opened it up, and a bunch of demons came out of it. They are in that abyss. There's a place called Tartarus. Let me, let me get this for you. If you want to, turn to Jude, okay? That's toward the very back of the Bible, almost to the very end, the book of Jude. There are some angels. Let me just say it this way. This is not going to be easy to talk about. We will get it someday. There are some angels that in Genesis chapter 6, it appears that some angels came and, I'll just say it, had sex with humans. And God judged those angels. And he put them in a place. In the heart of the earth is a place called Sheol in the Old Testament. And it's called Hades in the New Testament. the same place. There's a big gulf. And for a long time, the believers went on one side. It was called Abraham's bosom or paradise. On the other side was a place called torments. So he just called it torments. There was a place in there called Tartarus. And the best we can understand, when God judged those bad angels, he put them in a place called Tartarus. Notice Jude verse 6. And the angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Also, look at Second Peter. That's real close. Just turn a couple of pages back to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2, and listen to this. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. I'll give everybody just a chance to get back there. I think you need to see this. This is one of the weirdest passages in the Bible. With Genesis chapter 6, he calls them sons of God. That's the title for angels in the Old Testament. Had relations with the daughters of men. That means human beings. And most believe that somehow these things came together and had sexual relations. God came and judged them and store them in this place until the final judgment is coming. Notice what he says in Second Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into... Now, does your Bible say what? Cast them into what? Hell. That's not the word for hell. It's this word right here, Tartarus. It doesn't say cast them into hell. Some people t- translate it that way. But it means, it actually says, but he cast them into Tartarus and committed to them pits of darkness reserved for judgments. What is the bi- biblical name for hell? The lake of fire. 
This doesn't say lake of fire. It says Tartarus. So here's what we actually believe, that in the heart of the earth, there is a good, good side that was called paradise and a bad side called torments and a big gulf. If you want to study that on your own, go to Luke chapter 6. Or is it Luke? No, sorry, 16. Luke 16. Now, what happened when Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again? He took all of the believers out of paradise here in the heart of the earth and took them up to heaven with him. And that's why now paradise is in the heavenly places. And that's why when the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Where's Jesus? Seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. So now, when an unbeliever dies, they go here. When a believer dies, they go here. Used to be before the death and resurrection of Christ and the payment for sin, believers went here, unbelievers went there. Now all believers go up here. So there is a place in the heart of the earth, not only for unbelievers, but for these angels that sinned. So I've got there for Jude chapter 6, 2 Peter chapter uh, 4, verse 2. Also, 1 Peter chapter 3, if you want to write down, 18 through 20 talks about the same thing. So there's these, it's just, I mean, they're there. And when you think about it, God is judging these angels. Listen, they're not going to get away with anything, and Satan's not going to get away with anything. Let me ask you a question. Can Satan read... Probably. Does he know where? He knows a lot, right? Now, he's not God. He's just a powerful angel. Does he know how this is going to end? What do you think? Do you think he's stupid enough to say, Oh, I don't know. I'm not reading this. I think I can still win. Uh, I think he knows. What does he care about? He would love to, number one, have any human being never believe in Jesus and go to hell, go to the lake of fire. That's what he wants. Number two. He would want anyone who's believed in Christ for eternal life. <clears throat> it's too late to stop us from going to heaven to be in with Jesus forever. So what does he want for you now? He wants you not to grow. He wants to stop you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants you to get all mixed up in all kinds of things. He just, all he wants to do is destroy you. He's a roaring lion seeking who he may he what? Devour. He wants to destroy you. So he's evil. So when you start looking at these beings... These evil angels, they exist in the heavenly places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, war forces of darkness, spiritual wickedness in where? Heavenly places. And then there's the abyss, and then there's Tartarus, which is the heart of the earth. So they're there, and that's what we're, we're seeing. So it, it's pretty terrible. Here's number four, and that's the destiny of angels. What's going to happen to them? What's going to, understand, what's going to happen to angels? Now, uh, do human beings exist forever? All human beings exist forever, is that right? And some will exist forever with Jesus Christ, which is called eternal life. And some will exist forever separated from Christ, which is called second death, lake, lake of fire part. So angels are beings that were created by God, and they're eternal beings. Now, let me, I remember, you remember I brought this up Sunday morning? Eternal being, eter, being having eternal life. Or being an eternal being doesn't mean you're eternal in the sense of what God is. Because God is eternal because he's what? Always existed. There was a time that there were no angels, and then there are angels. And they go on. And there were times that there were no people, and now there are people, and they're going to go on. And some are going to go on and have eternal life and be with Jesus forever. And some are going to go on and have the second death and be separated. And we could say we have eternal life, and we could say that we, we exist eternally, but we aren't eternal. Only God is eternal because he's always existed, both the past and the present 
and the future. And that's a little bit different. So just remember when we say we have eternal life, that doesn't mean we're an eternal being. Only God's eternal all the way. Okay, so what's going to be the destiny of First uh, Corinthians chapter 6? And I don't really grasp this exactly. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Angels will be judged by mankind. We'll judge them. How? When? Where? At, you know, in the scripture, you try to look at it and you try to fix it. Well, Paul talked about it. He says, don't you know we will judge the angels? And the only thing I can think of, I, I don't think we'll judge good angels, do you? Unless judging is rewarding. Unless it's going to be like we're going to say, thank you, Mr. Guardian Angel, because you saved my life three or four times or something, or which probably did. But it could be that somehow we're going to be there when God judges angels and we give our vote. I don't know. It just, it just says we're going to judge angels. What about the destiny of the good angels? What are they going to do? They're going to praise him forever. In Revelation chapter 5, they go on and on and on. Let me read this to you because I loved it when we studied it on Sunday morning. It's just so great. Listen to this. And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them with myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands and thousands. And what were they saying? Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is on the heavens and the earth and on the earth saying, him be honor and glory. And they all fell down. And what? What did they do? They worshiped him. What are you going to do forever? Worship and serve God. That's what you're going to do. And I have people say, oh, I don't know about going to heaven. There's not going to be anything to do. I said, what are you thinking? You think you're going to sit there and eat a candy bar on a cloud or something? No. My gracious alive. You're going to serve the living God forever. I can't even comprehend that. Okay? So, uh, so good stuff. So good angels. Praise him forever. And then we think about the bad angels, the lake of fire. When you read Matthew twenty-five forty-one, he says that they were cast in the lake of fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. When you actually think about lake of fire, it wasn't for people. To go into hell, go into the lake of fire, having the second death wasn't originally for people. Yes, Drew. Drew. Say that again. Yes, best we can tell that, an that a fallen angel or a bad angel, we're calling them at this stage demons, the same thing as a demon, okay? So the bad angels, they, they end up lake of fire. So good angels will be with him forever, bad angels the cake of the lake of fire, somehow judged by men and God. And, I, you know, I don't know, and when we get there, we'll all go, is this what we're getting to do? That's what we'll probably say. Really, us? Yeah. Or maybe some of you get to jail. Some of us are just standing over on the side going, what do you want us to sweep up, you know, uh, you know, if we can. So let's talk about the organization of angels, okay? And, you know, what's so amazing is and you can say in the Bible, you can say, okay, they're angels. But do you realize there's, like, groups of angels? There's, oh, look at this. There's groups and classifications and names and special designations, and we're going to look at all that. And, and, and you know, we got plenty of time tonight as we go through these studies. So if you have a question or a comment, just stop me, and we'll have plenty of time at the end for any kind of questions about anything dealing with angels or anything. But let's talk about it. When you look at the Bible, there is 
groups of angels. There are classification of angels. There are names of angels, and there are special designations of angels. So let's think, let's start with groups. And when you think about groups of angels, we think about the two big divisions, the good angels and the bad angels. We think about Old Testament and New Testament and, and and, um, and as I put that here, the Old Testament, it's sometimes the word is spirits or breath, while the New Testament is angelos, which has the idea of messenger. And, and the, the whole idea is like this angel, is, the truth is, unless for some reason they manifest themselves, they're spirit beings. And, and I mean, think about it. Uh, for some reason, there are times that God allows these beings to manifest themselves where we can see them. And uh, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. We talked last week a little bit about guardian angels. I just wanted to throw that out again. Some people say that, it, you know, everybody has guardian angels. That passage in Matthew, which talks about that angels of children are always bearing, you know, being there. And, and I think in my life, there's probably been times when you didn't even realize it or think about it, that God somehow had an angel to do something to protect you in some way. I mean, I know a lot of people who have a lot of stories, and they'll say, well, this happened, and this happened, and, you know, it's just amazing. So you never know what God's doing, because there is a, there is a, a spirit world out there. Uh, let's talk about how, they, how they're talked about in the Bible. In Job chapter 1, verse 6, they're called sons of God. Okay? Now... Let me, I think that's at the top of the next page, yeah. Uh, Job chapter 1, sons of God. When you think of sons of God, most of the time for us, we say, okay, John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. And so we equate children of God and sons of God the same. Sons of God, especially in the Old Testament, is always a reference to angels. They're called sons of God. And there's a passage in Job where the sons of God came up to be with, with, with God, to meet with him. And so you know that there's some good angels and bad angels, but they're sometimes called the sons of God. So just think about that. Also in Psalm 103, verses 20 and 21, they're called the host. You've heard people say the heavenly host. Psalm 103, let me, let me read this for you. Some, all the Psalms are just... Really, I mean, everything in the Bible is incredible, but, but when you really think about it, they're all amazing, 20 and 21. It says, bless the Lord, you, and they're telling everybody to praise God. It says, bless the Lord, you angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye his host. So sometimes angels are called the host. L listen, I wanted to bring something out. What do you think it means when it says, bless the Lord? Can you bless the Lord? Does this not say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, bless the Lord this, bless the Lord, you angels? What does it mean to bless? The, word, the Hebrew word is baruch. And, and we, it usually means praise, you know, or it usually means to bless in some way. When human beings or angels are giving it back to God, to bless him means to praise him. When God blesses us, it means he's doing something for us. So Baruch can go both ways, and it's pretty impressive. So here's these angels. What are they, they're called the what? Bless the Lord, all ye his hosts who serve him, doing his will. Now, who would that be? The host would be who? What? Good, good angels, yeah, because the bad angels aren't going to serve him. Now, the bad angels do whatever God has for them to do. See, all angels, even the bad angels, are under his of what? 
his authority. In fact, when we studied the book of Revelation on Sunday morning and these beings come up out of this thing, who's in control of all of this? God is, but those are demons most likely. And when those angels come up in the, uh, the Euphrates River and those 200 million things come, those are probably demons, but who's controlling all this? God is, so he, he's always controlling it. As we said, there are two, uh, Psalm 89 talks about, he calls the angels holy. I, I, I want to read that because I, I looked at it earlier today, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of verses, and sometimes when there's a lot of verses, you just tend to overlook them. But Psalm 89, verses 6 and 7 says, For, for who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Anybody? Who in the skies is comparable to God? Nobody. And then he says, Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? He goes on to say, A God greatly feared in the counsel of the holy ones. What are angels called? Holy. They're the set-apart ones. Who would that be? Who would the holy angels be? Good angels. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good angels. So there's good angels, and then there's, there's the two big groups. The good angels, we call them the elect angels. By the way, some are called elect angels, and First Timothy talks about it. I want to read that to you if I could get to it because I like how it says it. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 21 says, Paul is writing, he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ and of his Chosen angels. So who's watching us? Who's watching us besides God? Angels. You remember I told you about that passage in Second Peter? First Peter or Second Peter? I can't remember which one right now. Where it says angels desire to look at the things of mankind. I mean, you can imagine. Let's, let's picture yourself that you're an angel that's been created by God... There's the fall of angels. You know that a whole bunch of angels have moved away from God and are going to be destined to go into a lake of fire forever because they're rebellion. And then God creates these people who are nothing compared to angels, and they fall, and instead of casting them all into the lake of fire, he's, he becomes one of them and saves them. If you're an angel, you go, I don't get it, Right? You'd say, I don't get it. First of all, he didn't save us. Why is he saving them? And they're nothing compared to us. Right? Think about it. So you've got these elect angels that are called the holy ones. Then you've got, of course, the demons that are the bad angels. Oh, my gosh. And, and they're unclean spirits. And we said that it all goes back to Lucifer. And by the way, I, I just you can put those verses there, or I, don't, I may have them in your deal. I don't know if I do or not. I don't. But... We're gonna when we get to the devil himself. We're gonna go to Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. That's where the fall of Satan is. It's called one of them is called the five I wills of Satan. It's when he, as an angel, says, "I will be like God," and that's his fall. He's called Lucifer, son of the morning. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. Uh, and a bunch of some of the angels went with him. Uh, 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 Y'all got that? Look at this. It's other angels went with Lucifer, angels that sin. Second Peter chapter two verse four. And when we talk about angels that sin, not only is it probably most likely talking about the fall of Satan and those other angels, but the but the bad angels, the things that did those kind of things. Now let's think about something. What is the story 
of the Bible. Now, if you've been at our church for any length of time, you've heard me teach this over and over in all different kind of classes and on Sunday morning. The story of the Bible is what? The perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. That's the story of the Bible. Okay, but notice it says the perfect God brings who? Sinful man. It doesn't say anything about angels. Back to himself. And so when you really start thinking about it, and this is the thing that is strange, that there is no salvation for the fallen angels. There's none. There is no salvation for the fallen angels. And I want to show you this real quickly. If you've got this, you can write that in. He, did it, y'all didn't get it? You got that? Did you get this? Well, you should know this, my gracious. Okay, no, the perfect God brings sinful man. Okay, everybody needs this, right? Okay, perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. We'll say that so many times, it'll be part of you. You know, you'll get it. Because that's the story of the Bible, right? Mankind fell, sinned. God says, I'm going to bring you back to myself. And I'm going to just send a, a Messiah and a Savior. So Jesus comes, dies, rises again, pays for sin. Whoever believes in him has eternal life and gets back to be with the Father. So the perfect God... Bring sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. It's called reconciliation. The story of the Bible is not salvation. It's reconciliation. Underneath reconciliation is salvation. And there are three different salvations. So we'll talk about this some other time. Okay. Uh, the truth. There is no salvation for what? Fallen angels. Everybody got that one so far? Okay. All right. Now with that in mind, I want you to see something. This is Hebrews chapter 2. It says, For clearly... He's talking about God. For God does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brothers. Jesus became like his brothers so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation, satisfactory payment for the sins of the people. Notice it says he does not help who? Angels. He didn't, he didn't come to die for angels. He didn't come to pay for angels' sins. He didn't become an angel to die for angels. What did he become? What? He became a person so he could die for people. Understand this, y'all. Jesus became a person so he could die in our place and be the perfect sacrifice for mankind's sin. God wants a sacrifice. God wants a human sacrifice. Most people say, well, God never wanted a human sacrifice. Yes, he did. The problem is every human being up to Jesus was not the qualified sacrifice because we're all sinners. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He's the final sacrifice for sin forever. So God is not helping angels. He didn't come to die for angels and pay for the sins of angels. He came to pay for people. That's why he had to be made like his brothers. He had to be made like a person, so to speak. Notice this verse, James two nineteen. Angels believe and do what? What do angels believe about Jesus Christ? That he is the Son of God and he is their judge. Just get this. He is not their Savior. He did not save angels. He is the judge of angels. That's why when demons would see Jesus when he was on the earth, they would say, have you come to judge us before our time? They're all afraid of him. They know what he's going to do. One of these days he's going to... And that's why it says the angels believe. They believe that he's the Son of God, Savior of the world, and they tremble because he's their judge and he's not their Savior. So just remember that. Uh, I've had people say, oh, the angels believe they just don't have the right kind of faith. There's only one faith, and that's faith in Jesus Christ. Yes? When you say angels, 
uh, no, he's going to judge? No, he's going to judge the bad angels. The good angels have always served him, has always been with him. The ba- unless, unless judgment has an idea of rewards. But I, we, I don't know that about angels. Well, I know that there's a judgment for believers, which is rewards. But for the angels, we, we know he's going to judge them by casting them where? In, in the lake of fire forever. You know, these created beings. Okay, uh, we've, we've, let's see. All right, now, we, we, I'm looking at the clock. We may have to move along a little bit. Let's talk about the classification of angels, okay? You ready? This is going to be fun. Here's the first one. The, gar, the archangel. There's an archangel. What's his name? Michael. And he's the guardian of Israel. And guess what? The first Thessalonians 4.16, when Jesus Christ comes in the clouds, will there be a shout? The voice of the archangel. Listen. Guess who's going to speak when Jesus comes to get us? How fast is it going to happen? Uh, who was I talking to? Was it Riley? I was talking to my granddaughter. We were talking about going to heaven and everything. She has believed in Christ, so I'm all excited and glad. And we talked about that Jesus is going to come get us in a twinkle of an eye. And she said, "What?" I said, do you know what a twinkle of an eye is? And she didn't know. And I went like that. Just like that, I said, that's, that's, that's slower than a twinkling of an eye. And I said, we'll be gone. And, but when that happens, what will you hear? A shout, voice of the archangel, and trumpet of God. We'll probably be the only ones here. It'll happen so fast, we'll be gone. I hope that if it happens right now, if you're left in this room, you're in trouble. I just want you to know that, okay? Because he's going to come get us. And guess who's coming? Michael's leading the way, I think. Going to shout the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. That's who he is. He's the most powerful angel of all. He's, the guard, he's called the guardian of Israel. He's amazing, okay? Second one, is called, they're called, sometimes called princes. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, they're called princes. It seems to be that there's some angels that are superior angels, that are chief, that are rule. Listen, when you see angels, just like there's a hierarchy of, of way people uh, exist, and there's leaders and things like that, well, it seems to be like there's an archangel, and then there's other angels over here, and there's other angels over here, and then there are angels underneath them, and there are angels underneath them. And so there's some angels which are called princes, and it seems to be that they're ruling uh, princes, and they rule other, maybe over other angels. They're called superior type angels. There's some called rulers. And Ephesians 1 says, above all rulers and authority. They have authority. Listen, in the book of Daniel, did you know that Daniel is praying? And 21 days go by, and he doesn't have an answer to the prayer, and an angel shows up and says, sorry I'm late, I've been fighting another angel who is the angel over a particular nation. And we go, what? And there seems to be some bad angels who are influences nations, and this good angel was actually fighting against those angels, and then came to Daniel and said, sorry I'm late, took 21 days to get here. Because I've been in a battle with an other angel. And it could be that there's, that's where the authorities come from. First Peter talks about it. Jude talks about it as well. Um, then there are some called living creatures. You've seen that. That's in the book of Revelation. They're the ones around the throne of God. One has a face of a lion. lion. One has a face of a man. One has a face of a cow. One has a face of an eagle. And they got these wings and, uh, and things everywhere. I mean, it's just uh, amazing creatures. Okay, and so we, we, they're called living creatures. And then there's another classification called cherub, cherubim. 
A cherub is singular, cherubim is plural, just like El is singular, Elohim is plural. El is singular for God, Elohim is plural for God. Cherubim is plural for these angels, whatever they are. They're around the throne of God, they're around the ark of God. In fact, they're, uh, they're just amazing. Have you, you remember the ark of the covenant and the golden lid? And there were these two angels that had their wings spread out. They're called cherubim, cherubim. That's who they are. And so they're winged and they're powerful beings. I mean, you know, uh, Satan was called the anointed cherub. You know, when you hear the word cherub, most of us think of what? A little bit of cute little angel, a cherub. No, a cherub is like that. That's a cherub. They're powerful beings and Satan is a cherub. He's of that classification of an angel. They guard the mercy seat. They were over the mercy seat and all of that. Then there's one called, uh, Satan was called that, by the way, okay? And then there's the seraphim. And they worship God. They're at Isaiah. They're the ones with all the wings, six wings, and they're flapping around and going around and doing all the stuff. And uh, they, they're where they, they literally, the, the word means burning one or the holy ones. Um, the Isaiah, they've got the, the, the different wings in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. They're there. They've got the six wings. Uh, it just, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you, when you see all of this. Okay. You all got it? Yeah. Everybody got it? Okay. Let's go. Na- that, woo, there it is. That's somebody's drawing. That's, I think that's too nice. I don't think they look that good. I mean, I think they look scarier than that. I think they look pretty horrible. Uh, now, let's talk about names. We want to, uh, there are names. Some angels have names in the Bible. Most of them don't. You can think of some. What? Just give me some. Huh? Michael and Gabriel and, all right, let's start. There's Michael. There he is. The names, Michael is the archangel, the most powerful angel. He disputed, and Jude, verse 9, he has an argument with the devil, with Satan. Michael does. And then in the book of Revelation, Michael fights Satan and kicks Satan out of heaven. So we, we are glad. When we think Michael the archangel, we ought to say, greatest angel. We're so, we're pumped. We're pumped. We want to be on Michael's side. You know, he's, he's amazing. One day he will defeat Satan in heaven, kick him out and remove him. That's Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. There's another angel that's got a name. His name's Gabriel. And he's the messenger angel. What is so amazing? Who came to Mary? Gabriel. Who came to Zacharias? Gabriel. Who came to Daniel? Gabriel. So think about this. When did Daniel live? 600 years before Jesus' birth. And before Jesus' birth, here comes Gabriel to Daniel. 600 years later, here comes Gabriel to Zacharias and to Mary. Think about that, y'all. 600 years. It's the same angel. And we go, wow. I mean, these, these are beings that exist that God created, and they're going to always be there. One of these days, you will see, most likely, we'll see Gabriel. We'll see Michael. I mean, it's just going to be the most amazing thing. Uh, as I said, Luke, in Luke, he said, I stand in the presence of God. I, you can almost picture where there's God and these beings around him and the 24 elders and all these other stuff. And then, and then there's maybe right off to the side is Gabriel waiting for his next assignment. Where's God going to send me next? And then there's Michael. 
I mean, you just, you know, it's just so amazing. There's another angel. Guess his name? Lucifer. It, his name means son of the morning. It mean, it, it, he's got a name, Satan. Let me uh, read something for you. Listen to, this is in Revelation chapter 20, when Satan is bound by God. Listen to all the titles. Uh, an angel came down and grabbed him, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. he got four different names there. But the, his personal name, you might say, is Lucifer, which means son of the morning. I mean, he started out what? Good. What, what, what was his job? To guard the throne of God? And you could say, well, what does it need to be guarded for? I don't have any idea. But it's just the idea, I think, of a place of responsibility and a great idea for him to get to do things. And what happened to him? In pride, he was lifted up. What is the greatest sin? Pride. It, it affects every other thing. Anytime you do any sin, it all goes back to pride. It does. Why would you lie? Why would you lie? To save face. That's pride. I, uh, I don't want them to think I did that, so I'll lie. Why would you steal? Because you say, I deserve it. I should have this. Why should he have it? Pride. Everything goes back to pride. The fall of Satan was what? Pride. What was the fall of man? Pride. Because Satan said, you'll be like God. And she went, that, that, didn't, that doesn't sound that bad, actually. Sounds pretty good. We'll get to that someday. Wow. Well, we got another one. Can you think of who it might be? The angel of Jehovah, Y-H-W-H. This is not an angel, but it's really God, and it's the pre-incarnate Christ. So let me, let me give you something there. Actually, Jehovah comes from Y-H-W-H, actually, well, Hebrew goes back this way. And Adonai. Hebrew name Adonai and the Hebrew name Y-H-W-H goes back this way. The Jewish people did not want to say the name Y-H-W-H. We're not sure how it's pronounced. Most people say it's Yahweh. Most people say that. But we don't know for sure. And the Jewish people thought the name of God was so amazing they didn't want to say it. So what they did is they took... Adonai, which is the Hebrew word for Lord, and Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, which is the personal name of God, and they took the vowels and consonants and put them together and came up with the name Jehovah. Okay? So Jehovah is actually a combination of Y-H-W-H and Adonai put together. And, and so uh, that's why the angel of Jehovah or the angel of the Lord is the best we can tell. It's not... It's not really an angel. In the Old Testament, you find the angel of Jehovah or the angel of the Lord. But he's always, as you look at the description, he turns out being God. Jesus, this, We think this is the pre-incarnate Jesus. And when Jesus was born and became a human being, when Jesus became a human being, there's never another reference to the angel of the Lord. Never. So we think that the angel of the Lord was the pre-incarnate Christ. That's what we think. Listen to this. This is Judges. Judges chapter 13. Let me find this for you. And um, 
this is angel of the Lord is coming to Samson's mother and daddy. So watch what happens. Listen to this. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to what I've said. She's not going to drink anything from the vine or drink any strong drink or wine. Let her do this. So he, he's talking to the, and he says, oh, it says angel of the Lord, but he doesn't know who it is. So he says, why don't you stick around? Let me, let me get you a goat to eat. And the angel of the Lord said, even if you detain me, I'm not going to eat your food. But you can prepare a burnt offering to the Lord. And it's capital L-O-R-D. That's Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. And so Manoah said to the angel, what's your name? And the angel said, why do you ask, seeing that my name is wonderful? Isaiah, you should call wonderful Mighty God, Prince of Peace, wonderful. The, the name wonderful is the name of God, by the way. And so the angel of the Lord said, why do you ask me my name? My name is wonderful. So Manoah took and he got the gold and the everything. And he got it all going. And when the flame went up from the altar, the angel of the Lord descended in the flame and disappeared. And you could see him going, oh my gracious. And then the angel of the Lord did not appear anymore. And so Manoah said to his wife, we're going to die. Because why? We have seen God. He knew exactly who it was. Now, he's not very bright. Because she has to say to him, listen to what she says. His wife said to him, thankful for our wives that straighten us out. He says, his wife said to him, listen, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not accepted our offering. He said, we're going to die. She said, if he was going to kill us, he'd have already killed us. He wouldn't have taken the offering. Hello, you know, okay, so. <laughs> so there is an angel of Jehovah in the Old Testament, but most likely we think it's Jesus before he became, by the way, um, uh, Adam and Eve lived in, were in the garden. Who came to see them in the garden? God walking in the garden, right? Didn't they hear him coming? Who could it be? You, well, the father's going to walk around? You think it's maybe the pre-incarnate Jesus? Is it, what do you think? What do you think? Okay, let's do this. Special designations. I'm looking at the clock. We got to go. Okay, here we go. Special designations. There are four angels that are at the four corners of the earth. Do you remember them in the book of Revelation? He says, don't let the wind blow. Don't let anything happen until we seal the 144,000. You remember? There's four angels that actually hold back the winds. Okay? All right? Then here's another one. Angels who do judging in the tribulation. Uh... There are, tell me, there are seven seal judgments, and then what else? Seven what other judgments? Trumpet judgments, and then seven what? Bowl judgments. Who, who, who does the seven seals judgments? Who does it? Jesus does it. He breaks the seven seals, right? Remember, who's worthy to break the seven seals? Who does the seven trumpets? Huh? Seven angels. Who does the seven bowls? Seven angels. So in the book of Revelation, there are angels that bring the judgment in the tribulation. That's Revelation chapter 8, Revelation chapter 15. I just put those for you. Then, you all know this, there's an angel of the abyss, Revelation 9, 11. You remember that angel came down? And his name is Apollyon, which means what? Destroyer. And he controls the abyss and all those 
things that came up that looked like locusts with big stinger things and faces like people and mouth like lions and hair like women and crowns on their head and these stinger things. I mean, they all came out of there. So there's an angel that controls that thing. We think that angel's bad. And then there's one other, and that's the angels of the seven churches. And as we said, when we started the study, we said that those angels could be actually be angels for each of those churches or that the word angel means what? Messenger, and it could have been the pastor or the leader of those churches, okay? So we've seen a lot tonight, have we not? So here's some things to fill in. Let's just put it right here. So we've looked at the existence and organization of angels. I'm going to give you time to write all this down. So we're just going to keep it up there and talk about it. So we've looked at the fact that they exist and there's an organization. I mean, think about it. There's an archangel. Then there's these hosts. Then there's these those with authority. And then there's these other things. I mean, you know, the joke, I mean, I always remember when you think of movies and they'll say, you know, people die and they become what? Angels. Is that is that possible? Of course not. People say, well, you know, uh, I was listening to a person give their their statement about their life, and they had lost a loved one, and they said, when my loved one became an angel, they didn't become an angel. People don't become angels. We, we, we're always going to be people. So uh, angels, there's an existence, an organization of angels. Angels are created by God. They're both good and bad. He didn't create angels bad. He allowed them to make a choice. Okay? Angels can look like people. And then they can have wings that can fly and look like everything. I mean, just the weirdest things you can name, but they can also look like people. Angels have great power, and they live in both heaven and on earth and under the earth. Under the earth, what's it called, that place? Tartarus, exactly. And then there is a difference among all these different angels uh, where they got particular names and ministries and, and everything else, and so it's pretty wild. Uh, who's your favorite angel? Michael. Michael. And Gabriel. I like Gabriel too. Huh? Uh, Clarence. Is Clarence? You want to? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is a wonderful life. Okay, let's get some applications and we'll have some time for some uh, questions if you want to. Here's some applications. Look, let's have a biblical understanding of angels. That's the reason we're taking the class. So we're going to dig the word. We're going to look at it. We're going to put passages together. We're going to raise questions. We're going to be able to say, what do we know? Because there's some things we don't know. But we're going to look at the, both the good and the bad. What do they look like? What do they do? Their names, their places, uh, their destinies. Wow. Well, if you were an angel and a bad angel, your destiny is eternally separated from God in a lake of fire. If you're an unbeliever, you're eternal. If you don't believe in Jesus for eternal life, your destiny will be in the lake of fire with the devil and his angels for all eternity. It's really sad. So have an underst- we want to have an understanding of angels and how it fits together. And then the second thing, which is really big, let's realize we're in a spiritual battle. It, it's not flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. The unbeliever is not the enemy. We think he is, and sometimes they're really bad to us, and sometimes they're horrible. But they're not ultimately the enemy because they don't know. They just they don't understand. They, they're fallen, they're dead. There's a spirit world that we need to understand. And when I say need to understand, that doesn't mean get involved in it. Let me just warn you, stay away from any of that kind of stuff. I know that sounds, I've had people say, oh, you're just being silly. No, I'm not. Stay away from anything dealing with that spirit type world. Because you can open yourself up. As a believer, 
You can never be possessed. I don't think, guys. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can never be possessed. I don't think. But you can be influenced. And there can be things that can happen in your life that will mess you up. And then there are people that may be with you that could be possessed. You know, or uh, specifically influenced.